Hello, friends and listeners of the LeaderCast podcast. This is Mo, the producer, jumping on really quick before this episode starts to let you know that we are going to be wrapping up season one of the podcast. The final episode in season one will be coming out on April 23rd. We are going to be coming back with an even better season two later this year. Stay tuned on our socials for updates as we know more, and thank you for being an avid listener. You know, a model I use with a lot of people is this idea that, you know, you have to expand your vision and narrow your focus. And I think the two have to come together as it's very important that you use both. Expanding your vision allows you to see possibilities, but then you have to narrow down and say, okay, so what is my focus that I'm going to do that's going to make a difference? And that might require some delegation, some outsourcing, or just generally just saying no to some things that are good, might be a good thing to do, but maybe not right now. Welcome to the LeaderCast podcast, a weekly deep dive into the stories that transformed our guests into leaders worth following. I'm your host, Joe Boyd. If you've been enjoying the podcast, thank you so much for being a listener. One simple thing you can do to help us out is leave a review wherever you listen. Today's guest is Tony Marnetti. He's an author and a chief inspiration officer. He focuses on your purpose and on burnout. He's going to give you the three words that start with the letter C to help you find purpose. And he's going to tell you what question you should be asking when you're burnout. And it's not, what should I do? Tony Marnetti, welcome to the LeaderCast podcast. Very excited to get to know you today. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Some folks probably already know who you are and some folks don't, uh, but could you tell us just a little bit about about what you do? Sure thing. So first of all, I'm a coach, um, an author and leadership advisor who works with um, people in tech and other industries to help them to make an impact to make a meaningful impact in the work that they do, but without burning out. Um, I often say that I, I help people stay grounded in chaotic times because I feel like we're always navigating these chaotic situations, but we have to know how to you know, stay in that place of how to be the calm and the chaos. So love that. That's what uh, I help people do. I I always find either I'm interviewing someone that's like I've known for a while or I just meeting. So you're in the just meeting category. Did you yourself have a time of of burnout to have to come through that? Is that part of what, why you're passionate about this? Absolutely. You know, it's funny that a lot of the times our gifts are, they come from us looking backwards and seeing wow, that this is where it comes from. It comes from my own journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I went through a period of very dark um, burnout and really on a crisis point um, that have really defined my gifts into the world, mm. if you will. Uh, I call them flashpoints because that's something I use in my, in my books and also in my uh, podcasts, these points that define us that reveal our gifts into the world. And uh my burnout point, my first burnout point was, you know, going through my time in biotech. I worked as a, as a leader in biotech where I was spending a lot of time just working really hard, almost to the point where I was not really taking any breaks and spending time with family and yeah. kind of lost connection with life. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it got to the point where even on vacation, I was working. Um which was, you know, my family was out having fun, you know, on the vineyard. They're all splashing around making sandcastles. And I'm, you know, in the back trying to do a deal and get it done or having conversations. And, and I started to realize, wow, this is not living. Yeah. Um, so um, 
that was starting to see that there was something wrong with me mm. and the choices I was making. Can I just roughly what age were you at that point? Gosh, I was, um, this was going back about eight or nine years ago. Okay. So I was probably 30, 32. Okay. So well um, into your career, it wasn't like it was right out of college or something, right? No, yeah. no. So, I wish it was earlier so I could have uh, <laughs> spent a lot more time. Right. I felt like there was a lot of parts of who I was in those early days, the you know, kind of the adventurer, the artist that I had to start stuffing down and create a path to a more rigid um, and uh, pragmatic person. And that's what I spent a lot of time creating. So, so didn't when you felt burnout was part, I don't want to overstate it was part of it that art is trying to come out that you were in a, maybe a job or a field that wasn't totally you, or was it just that you were kind of overworked? To- yeah, it was both. Okay. Yeah. It was both. I mean, it's like we get stuck in patterns, right? And I think for me, I got stuck in a pattern of saying like, this is what I should want. This is what I should be doing. And uh, you know, this is the pattern I was in. Um, I often talk about it, climbing the right mountain in my, is the first yeah. book that I wrote is this idea that like you get on the mountain and you decide, well, the next step is keep going. Um, but sometimes we have to question, well, wait a minute. Am I on the right path in the first place? Do I enjoy the steps I'm taking to grow? And in reality, sometimes that wasn't my experience, mm-hmm. even though there were accolades and there were people who, um, celebrated the work I did it did. I realized that, you know, Maybe I wasn't on the right path for me, you know, and I was always questioning. There was always a sense of like, what else could be possible or like, what else is available to me in this path? Um, But I still put my head down and said, keep on doing what you're doing. Mm. Yeah. And I also think it's, it's actually, and it happens when now I'm 50, so it still happens, right? I still, I still am, am I on the right mountain all the time? And it's, it, to me, it's a little more terrifying the older I get. Uh, cause, uh, it takes a lot of work and energy to climb a new mountain. <laughs> yeah. So uh, how do you, how do you counsel and, and help coach people through that? If it, it's a scary question to ask, if, am I climbing the right mountain? It's, it's yeah. easier not to ask it. I think. Exactly. It's yeah. easier to put your head down and keep on yeah. barreling through. The reality is that's only going to, um, worsen the problem for you because you'll find your place, you know, find yourself a few years later than saying like, gosh, I wish I'd made that step. I wish I'd taken this action. Um, and because life is short, uh, I don't mean to be like a pessimist in that regard, yeah. but like, you know, we have to, you know, value the time we have on this planet. And, uh, I think the key thing for people who come to me and say, Hey, like, what if I'm on the wrong planet, wrong, yeah, wrong planet, <laughs> the wrong mountain, um, you know, what can I do and what should I be thinking about no matter where I am, whether I'm 50 years old or, you know, 30 years old or even 70 years old. Um, what are some steps that I can and should be making? And I think the key thing is that it's never too late and you should start by thinking back to some of the things that you have accumulated on your journey and how can you take the, the inventory of all the skills and experiences that you've done and use them as, um, as fuel to move you in the right direction or making a slight pivot to get onto that right mountain. It it doesn't mean throwing away your past. It yeah. means honoring and including it and transcending from there and using it as a fuel to a new chapter, whatever that chapter might look like. Is it, have you, 
have you sort of uh, put together kind of a system to help folks do this? Is that what the book is about? Is that what you spend your time doing? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, absolutely. Getting people to think differently. And this is one of the things that like I've, um, I've done with a lot of people is this idea that, you know, it was reflected back on me that as I started coaching people, and this is before I really had a system is this idea that like, every time I meet with you, I feel, um, first of all, very grounded. And that's a word that I didn't know mm-hmm. much about, but I started to learn a lot about that. And I also feel very expansive. Um, and because it's because I get people to think, you know, about options and opportunities that are available to them that we often don't think are available to us mm. because again, we get stuck in these patterns. And so the key thing is that people have to have a different mindset and mindset shift and say, well, wait a minute, this path that I'm on is not, not completely set in stone. It's something we can change if we want to. So um, allowing them to shift their perspective allows them to see opportunities. And even those opportunities that are available to them could be something that's just an experiment yeah. um, that they can try. And they're not, it's not fatal if they take an experiment and it doesn't work out. Right? Yeah. It strikes me. And when I look back at my own life and just my friends, like the, it, often something like disruptive happens sometimes outside of your control. So you lose your job or someone close to you dies or something happens and it naturally makes you question everything and puts you in a position to start over. You know, is it possible to will, to will yourself to that kind of change? Or do you have to have that kind of outside? What's your experience been with that? that, Can, can you just sort of decide to change or do you kind of need a, a, you know, an impetus? You can absolutely will yourself to change if you will. (laughs) I'll say it like that. But, um, so you don't need a catastrophic event to yeah. make something happen in your life. The key thing is you have to change the way you look at the things that are happening in your life. Yeah. And I think that's why um, I always talk about these, this, these three C's um, that I, I call them the three C's of a grounded leadership. And that is curiosity, compassion, and connection. Mm-hmm. And so curiosity comes from the, from the reality of we need to look at things with a lot of curiosity. What's really going on here? What's possible? What is around me that I maybe haven't been paying attention to that could be a spark of inspiration that will pull me into a different direction or potentially a shift in where I want to go? Because, you know, I don't need a, a dramatic change in my life. What I might just need is look at things differently. Yeah, I might just have to look at my job differently. It doesn't even have to leave my job. And maybe I just need to look at how I can grow differently in my, my role. Compassion is about, you know, really honoring who you are and being okay with the imperfectness that you have. Um, there's scars and wounds that we have that we oftentimes are afraid to touch because they're still harsh and they still hurt. And um, I think we need to have compassion with ourselves and say, okay, it's okay to feel some pain. Um, but the pain is part of who we are and we have to honor that. Um, so that's where the compassion comes in. And then connection is about not just connecting with others, which is obviously where we start to get into the first place of like, oh, I gotta have conversations. I gotta talk to people. Absolutely. But we have to first start with connecting with ourselves. You know, there's almost like a reconciling of who am I? What do I really want? Who do I want to become? And what do I want to be? 
um, before starting to get out there and having conversations with other people about like what's possible. I need to really get clear about my own story and my own being. Tony, you do have a weird superpower that comes through. Uh, and it is like a grounding thing. It's like um, it's like talking to a great therapist or almost like a priest or something. Like, where where's that come from? Like, it's just in you. I'm curious because if you your background on paper, I wouldn't have guessed that. You know, absolutely. Uh, uh, I, and I don't know where it came from. To be honest with you, I think I've always had it secretly, and I just um, I've always been someone who listens and to other people and uh, with intention and and wants to know what lights them up. But I, I hit that for so long and I think I just, it's pent up. And so now I'm <laughs> unleashing it on all of you. <laughs> so, no, but thank you. I honor, uh, I really am honored to hear that. Yeah. You have a way to create safety. That's, that's, that is just maybe mm-hmm. innate or God given. It's, it's really interesting. Thank you. Um, so I, I'm just curious as you work with folks, uh, uh, any themes or anything you sort of expect if someone, if someone says, Hey, I, I just need your help. I need you to coach me up a little bit. Um, you've been doing this a little while, um, for all the folks listening right now that are leading some folks leading a couple people, some leading thousands. Uh, when you just think of, of a leader, what do you, what do you kind of expect they might need to work on or any themes that would come up in your work? Developing world-class leaders in your community is now easier than ever with LeaderCast. In addition to our flagship May event, becoming a presenting partner allows you to stream multiple events per year, each with an opportunity to earn money. The new LeaderCast lets you invite 1 to 1,000 people with unlimited streaming opportunities. Check out more at LeaderCast.com or the link in our bio. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing is, is this idea that like, they want to, they want to make an impact without burning out. And what starts to come up first and foremost is this idea of creating leverage. Hmm. Um, how do I do more with less, um, or get more done with less, but the more is not just a simple, like, Oh, okay. More widgets. It's about being more impactful. Like, how do you create that sense of like, what is it that I do that makes a difference and then find the space to be able to create um, capacity for other people to take on some of the other steps that are not meant for me. Yeah. And um, this is, you know, a model I use with a lot of people is this idea that, you know, you have to expand your vision and narrow your focus. Mm -hmm. And I think the two have to come together as it's very important that you use both expanding your vision allows you to see possibilities, but then you have to narrow down and say, okay, so what is my focus that I'm going to do that's going to make a difference. Um, And that might require some delegation, some outsourcing, or just generally just saying no to some things that are good might be a good thing to do, but maybe not right now. I'm sure some folks are, for some folks, it's probably easier to expand their vision. And for some, it's easier to, to focus. Yeah. And I think one of the things you can do about that is just to, you don't have to throw them away. You just write it all down, like getting things out of your head and having a notebook of like future possibilities. Like, you know, someday I want to be, uh, you know, a pilot, you know, that doesn't have to be something unless it's something you want to be as a profession. That's fantastic. But if that's something that's a dream of yours that you want to explore, 
put it on the list. Say it's a dream of mine. It's in the bucket list category, if you will. And you can, you know, have it there. Yeah. Or, you know, hey, I'd like to write a book. I'd like to do this. I'd like to do that. Put them all there, but don't keep them here. Because what happens is that takes up a lot of space. Um, what you want to know is what's on my list right now that I want to focus on that's going to give me the most energy. And do that. Um, that way you're not like, you know, I have shiny, shiny object syndrome for sure. <laughs> I had this challenge of trying yeah. to like figure out what to do next. Yeah. And in fact, my next TED talk is about limiting your possibilities. Mm. Um, I, I want to give the whole thing away, <laughs> yeah. but it's about how do you focus when you, when you most need to and limit the possibilities because it is hard. Yeah. Yeah. What was your first TED talk? My first TED talk was don't check yourself at the door, how to share more of your true self. Okay. In the workplace. Yes. Well, we can find, everybody can find that online, but uh, any Cliff's notes from it? Absolutely. I mean, I, I share in this, um, this, this talk is about really um, sharing more of who we are authentically, our weird, you know, embracing the weird things about us yeah. that we often shy away from sharing because we feel like they might alienate us or create um, something about us that, you know, people might, you know, judge us for. And it's, it's the big things, but it's also the little things that we don't even think are that important. Mm. You know, I had some, some people who I've worked with in the past who are like, one is a violin playing virtuoso who like is a data scientist, but people at her work never would know that yeah. she was a violin playing virtuoso. Uh, and then I encouraged her, I said, you should, you should share that with some people. Let her, let them know who you are outside of work. And she did. And then people started showing up to her, her concerts <laughs> yeah. and celebrating her. And like, they got to know her and she felt more connected to the people around her. Mm. And I think that's the beauty of, of that type of an experience. It's no different than looking at like a Patagonia or a Microsoft where they want to celebrate who we are inside and outside of work. Yeah. The bring your whole self to work sort of movement. I think, you know, we, we value authenticity and certainly the folks and younger generations do as well. And I think it, it helps to know you can go to a place where you're accepted. Right. And people are curious. Um, yeah, no. I'm, I'm curious when it comes to burnout specifically, because I think a lot of folks made career changes during COVID. Um, yeah. and you would think maybe there would be less burnout coming out of it, but I anecdotally have heard more of my friends in leadership say, I just feel more burnout than I did before. So I'm just curious, any lessons or, or thoughts you have around, the stage that we are in having come out of that a couple of years ago and the decisions people made during it, any thoughts on that? Absolutely. I mean, I think this, one of the biggest things that I've come to see uh, and realize, I guess, is there's two things. Number one, when we came out of the pandemic um, and, you know, there's been an indelible mark on who we are as a, as a society mm -hmm. is that we want more meaning in the work we do. We're not just going to march back into work and do the same things as we did them before. We need to have a real reason for doing them. Um, and it's not just the paycheck. So we need to have more meaning in the work and we need to have the word that I keep on saying over and over again, the connection has to be more meaningful too. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'll call it intentional connection is an important part of this. People are spending time in work and when they go to work, especially physically, they want to make sure that the people they're connecting with are people they want to be with, not just forced to be with. And so I think those two parts of it are what 
have changed our relationship with work. It's not just a place to collect a paycheck. It's our place to build relationships, to find meaning. And so with all that being said, it puts a lot of onus on the leaders in the world to, uh, to, to make sure that those elements are there, that there's meaning and there's connection. Yeah. And it's not just inauthentic and forced, but it's, it's natural and real. And it feels like it's, it's come together in a way that fosters a better environment. Yeah. I love that. We've had a lot of folks on here talk about how the, the challenge of doing that, uh, over zoom basically, right. When there was so much of interconnection was just kind of walking around <laughs> and now you, yeah. have, you have to be intentional about it, but not cheesy and not weird. And it, it is a Absolutely. hard thing to figure out for sure. Um, yeah, you can't just march in and say like, okay, everybody share, share, share your story. Tell me your story. Right. You have to kind of create, you got to set the container, you know, create the safe space and allow people to say like, Hey, you know, you know, we're ready to come together. We want to get to know people. Yeah. We want to know what's real for you. What's, what lights you up, yeah. you know, what makes you come alive? Um, because the more we get to know each other, the more impact we can have together. We do uh, on our platform, we have lunch and learns that folks can access anytime. And they're world-class 30 minute talks, which are amazing. But yeah. uh, the real work is done. And just the, the guide that we give folks, the questions they can talk about afterwards, you know, and I think yeah. just, uh, I think a lot of times, and I'm guilty of this, we want to like, we want to do the equivalent of like axe throwing and like, uh, you know, we try to do an online, uh, a Zoom game or something. And sometimes those work, but a lot of times it just feels like, what are we doing? Uh, so really trying to find those meaningful moments uh, where it, where you forget you're on a screen and it actually does feel like we're having a real conversation right now, like we are right now. Yeah. Yeah, uh, look, we're, we're running out of time. You're part of the LeaderCast. I've sucked you in now. You're part of the LeaderCast family. We will, we will have you around again doing something. I'm sure if you will, if you will do that. Uh, I do want to ask, like, I guess I'm just imagining folks listen to this, like in their commute in or whatever. I know I've been at a place when I was at a job where I was beyond burnout. I was fried. Like I'd, I would, it took every uh, depression. It took everything for me just to get out of bed and go do the job. And there's someone right now that's, <laughs> that's exactly like that. And you're what, when you're at that point, what should we do? Like, what, what do we do when we just know we're really, really, really burnt out? Yeah. Think, think about people who you're, who you want to live for. You know, what do you, what do you want to live for? Who are the people in your life? It's not the what it's the who, Hmm. And that is the the starting point, you know, and think about who it is that, you know, that embodies all the things that you want to put out in the world. Hmm. And that might be your, you know, your partner, your child. When I think about my darkest moments, I think about my son and, hmm. you know, how this, how my life is all about being there for him and having those moments with him. And if I'm, if I'm burning myself out in this process or feeling like I'm in this dark moment, because I've created all these choices that led me down this path, maybe I need to reverse that back and say, what do I have? What am I living for? I'm living for these people. Mm. And how am I making choices for those people to be there for them? That that's awesome. i I would have never thought just reverse ask ask who instead of what, and that's as good as gold, man. Just uh, to to change the what to who, because uh, because mm. I think in doing that, what if I put myself back in time at that time in my life, I would have realized 
I'm actually hurting the folks I love because I'm so miserable. <laughs> so I got to do something, which is ultimately what happened with me, you know? Yeah. And it also has you thinking about what you truly value because your values are not aligned to who you are. They've gotten aligned with something that you're to your what, not your who. Mm, that's so good. Uh, thank you. Uh, Tony, it was, it was awesome to meet you. Hey, uh, here. uh, this was like one of those podcasts where people are going to write in and say, could you just have talked less and let him talk more? Uh, cause, uh, <laughs> I thought everything you said was just amazing and great. Uh, for folks that want uh, to connect with you, whether it's get your book or reach out to you, what's the best way to do that? The best place is my website. It's at ipurposepartners.com. Um, and you can find my book there and what have you. My books are available everywhere, um, Amazon, you know, bookstores, and what have you. But um, the other place you can find me is on LinkedIn. I'm very active there at uh, Tony Martinetti with a one, not an I at the end. <laughs> Too many, too, too many Tony Martinetti's out there, I guess. Yeah, you wouldn't think, but yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't think. Uh, great. Thank you so much. Uh, like I said, we'll, we'll stay in touch. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you so much, Jeff. In today's ultra-competitive job market, top-tier talent are leaving companies in search of top-tier professional development. Now more than ever, you must invest in your emerging leaders. LeaderCast 365 is a world-class professional development system featuring access to three annual LeaderCast events, a post-event journey to activate the inspiration and insights gained from LeaderCast events, plug-and-play lunch and learn programs with group discussion questions, concise video courses to address weaknesses and build upon strengths, and our library of more than 1,200 short-form videos from a slate of industry experts organized into 16 key professional development categories. Invest in your all-star employees and attract new top talent to join them with LeaderCast 365.